Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Clocked In with the Press, hosted at Altman Studios in Brentwood, California. We are here to spread some news, spill some tea, and make sure that you, our listeners, are both informed and entertained. Not everything stated in this podcast is supported by or reflects the beliefs of the press. So if you disagree with me, don't be afraid to tell me on Twitter or Instagram at PressClockedIn or on Facebook at ThePress.net. I'm your host, Caitlin Gleason, clocking in. So for the story of the day, the COVID-19 Delta variant. According to Dr. George Burnett, the medical director of infection prevention at John Muir Health, nearly all of the people who are hospitalized at John Muir Health who are in many different age groups have not received one of the available COVID-19 vaccines. The overall case rate has inched upwards in recent weeks, 3.5 per 100,000 as of today, which was spurred by a rising number of cases among unvaccinated people, according to Dr. Chris Farnitano, the country's health officer. Dr. Farnitano went on to explain that cases among individuals who are unvaccinated is up to 11.3 per 100,000. This rate is over 18 times higher than the rate of those who are vaccinated and get infected. However, before we go further into this update, let's take a few minutes to review the top stories of the week. First up, as East County students returned to school last week, coronavirus followed close behind. The Brentwood Union School District reported 10 students and staff have tested positive for COVID-19 as of August 2nd, and an estimated 35 cases have popped up in the Liberty Union School Districts. Thankfully, leaders from both districts said they don't believe the cases have spread in schools. Next, water rights holders in the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta could soon be forced to shut off their pumps as the State Water Resources Control Board approved emergency measures to curtail diversions in the watershed. The board voted unanimously to approve the measures during a hearing held Tuesday, August 3rd. The action comes as drought conditions throughout the state continue to worsen. It is intended to preserve stored water, protect drinking water supplies, prevent salinity intrusion, and minimize impacts to fisheries in the environment. Next up, the Oakley Police Department is holding a summer bike rodeo for kids aged 13 and under on August 7th from 9 a.m. to noon at the Oakley Recreation Center on O'Hara Avenue. Attendees are invited to enjoy a pro BMX demo, a ride through bike agility course, and police department motor shows. Lastly, from hometown sports, local dirt bike rider Seth Sador is set to compete in Tennessee at the Amateur National Motocross Championship at Loretta Lynn's. The rider, who usually competes in off-road racing, qualified for the motocross competition after a grueling day-long qualifier. From August 1st to the 7th, Sador will have competed at the National Championship in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. Once his race is done at Loretta Lynn's, Sador will immediately head west to Nevada to partake in the Best in the Desert off-road race, a 500-mile race, from Saturday, August 11th to Wednesday, August 15th. Sadora is part of the youngest team to ever participate in the race. Those were the top stories of the week. Let's resume our discussion surrounding the topic of the day. Here to talk with me about the Delta variant story is press correspondent Jenna Hards. So Jenna, how long have you been writing for the press? I've been writing for the press since about mid-April. Um, I was brought on just as kind of a, a little test subject for mm-hmm. a little bit um, and turned out that they liked me and I've been writing just as kind of a correspondent and photographer since then. Oh, awesome. So on the details of the Delta variant story, because you were the one who was able to talk to all of the doctors and write it for the press, um, does the Delta variant have different or similar symptoms to the COVID strain that the U.S. has been battling for the last year and a half? 
It does and it doesn't, mm-hmm. um, especially in the differences uh, between people who are vaccinated and unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, vaccinated people are more likely to kind of see the symptoms of like a bad head cold almost. Mm. Um, runny nose is far more prevalent than it was in prior uh, versions of the COVID virus. Um, you're also not going to see so much of the lack of taste and smell. Right. Um, but coughing and sore throat and all of that are still pretty prevalent. And of course, you're going to see a much heavier version of that if you are not vaccinated. Okay, so for vaccinated people, it's like a like a sinus infection. And then for unvaccinated people, it's like a really intense sinus infection. Yeah, like hospitalization kind of right intense. right okay so sinus infection <laughs> with hospital bills got yeah. it okay <laughs> so um can this strain be contracted by people who have been vaccinated like like is that like really more common or less common you think i do believe that because the delta variant is more contagious um people who do have the vaccination are still catching it mm-hmm. at a concerning rate however because they are vaccinated we are not seeing a level of hospitalization like we are seeing in unvaccinated people okay okay so if we were to compare the two strains i guess you know comparing the normal covid strain and then the delta variant um, strain is the delta variant more dangerous or severe for an unvaccinated person i would say that there are the same levels of severity doctors have claimed that the Delta variant is not necessarily more dangerous, but it mm-hmm. is more contagious. Mm, got it. Okay. So that more contagiousness means like more people have the chance to like experience those more severe levels of the Delta variant. Yes. It's far easier to catch it um, than it was, you know, months ago when we just had the regular COVID mm-hmm. strain. Okay. And so, you know, recently the Delta variant was found to be in the Bay Area. So knowing this, how should people best take action to prevent that increased spread of this variant or even just, you know, the continued COVID in general? Obviously, and as doctors and the CDC and everybody else in the world is saying is get vaccinated, Mm -hmm. you know, go online, book your appointments. They have them at Walgreens, CVS, pretty much everywhere on every corner. There's a place that you can get vaccinated. And that is the key way of stopping this from mutating and from spreading. And then, of course, there's the social distancing, wearing your mask, keeping your hands clean, keeping the groups of people that you are spending time with small. Mm -hmm. And even getting tested nowadays is still really important if you are seeing people or going into work or being in public spaces. Right. And so, you know, all this talk of the Delta variant actually leads us into another important, you know, news update that has to do with how masks are being recommended indoors again, regardless of vaccination status. Uh, So for an update on this, the counties of Alameda, Contra Costa, Marin, San Francisco, San Mateo, Santa Clara and Sonoma and the city of Berkeley released a joint statement recommending that everyone wear masks indoors as a precaution against increased circulation of COVID-19. So some specific information is that as of July 14th, Contra Costa reported new cases um, and it averaged 93 per day and the daily case rate is now 5.7 per 100,000 and rising. So with cases of COVID-19 rising locally and increased circulation of the highly transmissible Delta variant, the previously mentioned counties in the Bay Area recommend that everyone, regardless of vaccination status, wear masks indoors in public places to ensure easy verification that all unvaccinated people are masked in those settings and as an extra precautionary measure for all. So Jenna, uh, what challenges do you think this new mask recommendation is going to either create or face as we are currently in the process of reopening? 
Well, as uh, I'm sure you've probably seen, people on Facebook are already mentioning that they do not plan on complying to these new sets of um, safety measures. I'm sure that there are plenty of people who are disappointed by the fact that we had just opened up and now we are closing kind of again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think that alongside that, there's also going to be general confusion. There's going to be the people who, you know, walk into the coffee shop that hasn't had a mask mandate for a couple weeks now, and now suddenly they're being asked to wear their mask again. Right. Um, So I think that there's going to be a general level of getting people back into that state of having to wear masks indoors. And of course, the people who, you know, don't want to Mm -hmm. um, and also refuse to get vaccinated or feel that it is not a necessary precaution that they need to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, in relation to that, a kind of secondary update uh, that has happened is the state announcement that businesses can now, you know, check vaccination cards as well as, you know, test employees on, you know, that weekly basis. Um, So according to the actual press release, uh, employees who claim to be vaccinated will have to show proof of vaccination and employees that are not vaccinated will have the option of either getting vaccinated or, you know, getting tested every week. And in a third and final update, as of August 3rd, masks are required in every indoor location from city facilities to private businesses, regardless of vaccination status. Uh, This update comes after consistent reports of rising COVID cases and hospitalizations in local counties. And so, you know, in my personal opinion, this Delta strain and the reintroduction of masks and the possibility of mandated testing brings a lot of, you know, complications to the conversation. Uh, A lot of people feel like they just got their freedoms back with the reopening and the Delta variant puts on even more pressure for vaccination that could cause a lot of stress for people who are still wary of the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, So Jenna, do you think that in light of the Delta variant, uh, the reopening might be happening too quickly? I do believe that with the the fact that we don't have a level of immunization that Mm -hmm. would um, keep you know, the Delta variant from spreading or from mutating. We've already seen other variants of this virus pop up in other places. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, we did maybe jump the gun a little bit on reopening um, because we weren't seeing a rate of vaccination that really needed to happen for this Mm -hmm. to keep from spreading and keep from getting to the point that it has gotten to. I mean, I think Contra Costa has seen almost a 50% increase in the amount of positive tests that they've seen and Mm -hmm. a, you know, equally as high percent increase in the amount of hospitalizations that we've seen. So Mm -hmm. we, you know, started out with this huge lead. We had vaccines, we were distributing them, people were getting them. And then when we had that plateau of people not getting them and we weren't keeping up with that number and getting that kind of mass immunization, now we're facing the consequences of that, which is that this is spreading and it is spreading quickly and Mm -hmm. impacting a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, I guess that also kind of brings it to the idea that because I feel like a lockdown would really just hurt more small businesses more, um, the idea that the COVID could potentially be something endemic like the flu and how like we just know that it's something that kind of reoccurs. Do you think that that is something that we might be heading towards or do you still think that there's the chance that we could get enough immunization that we could almost get rid of it like they did say the flu influenza? I do think that there is still a chance if we can really get people out there and get them vaccinated Mm -hmm. and reach that mass immunization. I I do think that there is a chance for that. Um, I saw an interesting uh, take recently that was saying, you know, 
that a lot of doctors are comparing the uh, contagious level of the Delta variant to chickenpox. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, and somebody had said, like, a lot of you don't know exactly what that means because we are mass immunized against chickenpox. Right, so people don't know what that (laughs) contagion level really Mm -hmm. is because we don't experience it really too much anymore. Yeah, because it's a a vaccine that you get when you're young. It's Mm -hmm. mandated in schools and at universities and, you know, in, in employee offices and all of that. And I think that, you know, there's a huge debate going on right now about mandating this COVID vaccine. And while I do understand the level of concern regarding its production and release Mm -hmm. and the speed at which that happened, I do think that, you know, there are so many outlets that people have to kind of, you know, help their concerns and Mm -hmm. learn about the vaccine and its process and what it actually does. Right. um, Rather than, you know, kind of... Bringing everybody else down by not getting vaccinated. Yeah, no, there was this interesting um, like article I was reading, and it actually talked about how the reason why people, you know, keep getting new updates and information about these vaccines and COVID is because we are all experiencing the scientific method real time. You know, the hypothesis, the test, the failure, and the repeating over and over again. And so it's not that the science is necessarily bad; it's that in the way that humanity does best, we are learning and we are trying to adapt to this, you know, this whole situation. Um, And so, you know, one thing that I think people have to remember is that, you know, individuals who are anti the COVID-19 vaccine are still people, you know, being hateful or bashing on them won't do anything because the bottom line is that people are scared. And, you know, I have friends and, you know, neighbors and family that are wary of COVID-19 vaccines. So I know that, you know, they just understand the vaccine differently because the U.S. hasn't had to deal with a national pandemic for like over a hundred years. Um, and you know, no one that is alive right now has had to be in a pandemic before. Um, and so this is our first time handling it. And it means that you can't expect everyone to accept things or manage their reactions to events and mandates the same way. However, we all do have the kind of chance to learn and to, and to read. And so where do you think that people can go to get more information or learn about the vaccine as they decide whether it is the right move for them? There are, I mean, obviously the internet is both a great and bad place to start. Mm-hmm. Double-edged sword there. <laughs> um, making sure that you're going to reputable sources like Contra Costa Health's website, that is a great place to start. They actually have a little chat room option where you can speak with people to either make vaccination appointments or even just ask general questions about mm-hmm. it. Um, there's, you know, the U.S. uh, health page, which will give you information about it. You can even talk to your own general practitioner. If that Mm -hmm. is somebody that you trust, who's been taking care of you and your family, you can probably ask them questions about this vaccine and they will be able to give you information or at least guide you to somebody who could maybe answer the questions that you have. Yeah. So like probably the most important things right now is to not just immediately react to things, but, you know, kind of take your time and respond to things and, and learn from them. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it is in human nature to be concerned about new things. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really what's happening. But I think that there's so many great sources and people that you can go to to answer your questions and maybe alleviate some of the concerns that you have. If a person is medically incapable of receiving the vaccine, uh, Jenna, what are some ways they can protect themselves or their loved ones from COVID-19? Well, obviously, there's still wearing the mask, social distancing, Mm -hmm. keeping your hands clean, you know, making sure that not only you are getting tests, but maybe family members or friends are also getting tests prior to meeting up with them. Mm -hmm. 
things like that can keep you from catching it. I also think that if people are really worried about possible medical issues concerning the vaccine, talk to your doctor, talk to a general practitioner, um, because they're going to know you, they're going to know your medical history, you know, and you can ask, hey, if I get this vaccine, how is this going to impact me? What possible side effects am I risking by taking this vaccine? Or maybe you discover that you're not really an at-risk person and therefore you can get the vaccine and help protect mm-hmm. those who can't because of medical issues or problems. Right. So like really taking time to learn what the risks are and then being able to kind of do that calculus for yourself rather than just, you know, can like not being able to find that information and being stressed about it or worrying about your family. It's, it would be better to go and find that information with the doctor and whether or not it would be the best idea. Yeah. And, you know, if you do have a medical issue, it's better to, you know, learn that that could be a risk before getting the vaccine than learning it after you get the vaccine. So I think that it's not only an ability to kind of learn more about the vaccine, but also making sure that when you take it, it's it's going to help you. Mm-hmm. Right. So like not only learning if the vaccine is the right choice, but also learning if the vaccine is the wrong choice. And either way, it requires yeah. you to go out and find more information. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Of course. That's it for today's episode of Clocked In with the Press. What are your thoughts on the Delta variant? How do you feel about wearing masks indoors again? And should the Bay Area continue to reopen in light of the new COVID-19 strain? Let us know your thoughts on our Facebook at thepress.net or on our Twitter and Instagram at PressClockedIn. You can also stay updated on East Contra Costa County news through our website at www.thepress.net. There are a million people with a million stories that we can talk about, and I plan to cover them one episode at a time. I'm your host, Caitlin Gleason, clocking out. Thank you.